You're listening to the Millionaire's Unveiled podcast, where you'll hear the stories and interviews of everyday millionaires. We'll unveil their decisions, their strategies, and their current portfolio allocation. Now to your hosts, Clark Sheffield and Jace Mattinson. On today's show, we have Mo, and his net worth is between 1.5 and 1.6 million. He's actually from India and works in the U.S., but still resides there in India and has majority, well, all of his net worth there, 90%, about 1.4, a little bit above 1.4 of his 1.6 million net worth is in one commercial property that he rents out. And something interesting about that is he doesn't have insurance on that property, which is a little bit unusual or very unusual to us in the U.S., but you know, we talked to Mo a little bit about why he makes that decision and why he's allocated so heavily into just one property. Without further ado, let's head to the show. Awesome. Welcome to Millionaires Unveiled. Today on the call, we've got Mo with us. Mo, do you want to give us a little bit about your background and your story and what you're up to? Uh, sure. Uh, hi. You know, thanks for the opportunity, guys. I'm I'm 30 years old. Um, I was um, born and raised in a typical, you know, poor to average family um, in a third world country. Uh, matter of fact, I still live there. Um, growing up, I always thought, you know, money was super important. I didn't know how I got into that zone, but I always knew that. I always thought that way. So I started working when I was uh, 13, 14, I'm going to say, uh, which is not at all, um, you know, acceptable in um, this part of the world. Uh, usually you don't go find jobs when you're in your teens. Um, yeah, so I started there and um, I ended up starting work? my own business when I was, my first job was uh very similar to how um, in in U.S. kids would set up a lemonade stand. Okay. So I was out there um, buying things at a lower rate and selling at a higher rate on the streets, which was a very long time ago. Now, when I got my first real job at the age of 18, that was a call center job. So I would be um, generating mortgage leads for uh, mortgage companies in U.S. And since then... I have been in the industry. Um, most of the businesses I've ever done revolves around call centers. Um, you know, that can be lead generation, appointment setting, customer support, telemarketing, sales, you name it. And I have some sort of experience doing something of that version. Cool. And has that all been with the same company or have you kind of moved around? No, uh, we, we have done everything. Uh, when I say we, I mean our company in, um, in our country, we have uh, clients um, in uh, U.S., uh, U.K., Australia, selling and marketing everything you can imagine. Uh, there was a time we were setting appointments for uh, these multi-billion-dollar properties in um, uh, Los Angeles right before the mortgage crash in 2007-2008. And then there was times uh, where we were promoting these $1 candies to you know, uh, parents of um, kids who were under the age of five. So it it keeps changing. Uh, we can we got contacted by a um, home security company a few weeks ago, um, and then you know, as long as the product can be marketed on the phone, we we would take that. 
I see. But has your career been with this same company since you started working at 18? Yes, um, I set up my own business. Uh, so I, I took one job, uh, but for a year, and then I set up my own business at around 20. And then, yes, uh, it's always been, uh, you know, promoting my own business. Yeah. Gotcha. So I guess it's been it's been 10 years. So what's your current net worth? I'm in the 1.56 range. So it's right between 1.5, 1.6 million dollars US, I'd say. Okay, and how is that invested? First of all, great job, and congrats on being a millionaire. Thank you. Um, how is that invested? It's it's um, it's all invested in real estate. Um, right now, I have um, real estate for about one point four eight million, and whatever's left over, I wouldn't call that investment. It's just you know, um, emergency fund cash in the savings account, a uh, little bit of jewelry. Uh, you know, like expensive watch, stuff like that. But any real investment I make, it always ends up real estate being. Gotcha. And and what uh what kind of real estate is that? Single family, multifamily, commercial? It's, um, it's all commercial. Um, and when I say commercial, this is um, these are offices that we um, that I buy and um, lease out to multinational companies. Gotcha. And you said, and you said earlier when we were speaking about ninety percent of it is in one property, correct? Yes. So I have this one building um, that I purchased in uh, two thousand ten, um, seven years ago, and that's where you know almost all of my money is, and uh, that has uh, four different offices, and uh, I have four different tenants. Awesome. So, do you? Did you always plan to kind of go right into real estate with with your net worth and to, to kind of build your net worth through real estate? Yeah, I, I think so, yes. Um, you know, subconsciously, I always imagine myself, you know, growing and buying more real estate. And that's, that's, that's been like that. I remember when I bought my first property, um, there was an apartment, um, you know, unit I bought for roughly $90,000. And it wasn't that I um, planned a lot about it. It's just when I started making money and, uh, you know, you have some money sitting there, it just automatically, you know, I thought that was the only way. That was like the uh, go-to mode whenever I have any money. So I'd say so. Awesome. So do you, do you value your company where you're at or not really? It's, it's a service based, um, you know, company. We, 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 we're only worth what we can bring to our customers right now. As far as, uh, real assets of the company, there isn't much, you know, okay. I wouldn't, when I, when I look at my, um, net worth, I, I wouldn't say, all right, well, you know, the the fact that we're doing business for so long, this company is worth so much. It, it's not because, you know, I could go out and make a similar business in less than three months, you know, with a different name. Uh, we're not there where our brand value, you know, brings anything to the table. It's, it's a new day every day in this kind of business. You know, you basically find companies that want to hire you and you find employees that can deliver. So... 
even though it's it's a good source of income for me but i wouldn't say i'd i'd value the company as is for a certain dollar amount it's only good as much as we can deliver from it gotcha so how did you decide to uh, invest in this commercial real estate did you think about putting your money in something else or or why did you pick this property it it i actually was because i was um, doing um really good in my call center business and i wanted to rent an office out so when i wanted when i started looking at properties and i wanted to you know rent an office and you know i'm looking at the cost of the building or the cost of the office versus the rent and i'm thinking well this makes so much sense to for the for the owner to lease it out obviously um look at look at how how much cash flow he is getting um look at how less of a work he is doing because all these companies uh you know they're not like your typical single family or you know residence uh, tenant where they're going to call you every time light light switch gets off this is the uh, you know good managed 5200 employees company where they have their own staff where they have uh, people to deal with if there are problems so when i was looking at my own office for rent um i i kind of was making good money i had couple of small investment properties um that i had and i figured if i just stretch myself out and if i just somehow find a way to you know make this work this would be a big step in my you know growth uh the fact that i would end up owning such a big uh piece of real estate would really um you know accelerate the growth and not to mention somehow i also felt um i it would give me so much uh you know cushion if you will you know you're at a you're in a 23 22 year um age group and now you all of a sudden own this big thing where worst case scenario you're still going to get 578000 rent a month um how 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 is that not a great investment or strategy i i i didn't even have to think about it twice the only question was at that age with very little tax returns can i get a loan because i didn't have enough to cover the whole thing and uh, it turns out you know there's always a way to make things happen and i ended up getting a loan uh, just in time for before the closing and it all worked out wow good for you what's your cash flow from that property every month um right now i'm bringing in about 11 11 and 1/2000 and there's probably about $1000 in expense so i'd say it's net in me in 10 grand a month right now before the mortgage gotcha. i don't have the mortgage anymore i oh, got wow. rid of that about three, yeah i got rid of that about 3 years ago awesome So if your net worth mo is about 1516 kind of in between that and you have this property worth, you know, 85 90% of that which would be about 14, does that make you nervous right. at all that so much of your wealth is just in one property? Do you, you know think what, about um, I I I have been asked this question multiple times. It doesn't. Like I mean, the only okay, so I when I think about the, those things, the questions are what can happen that will take away everything? well um you got your earthquakes you got your you know things that are out of your hands and it can come in destroy the whole thing 
Now, you have to understand in, in large cities in this part of, actually, you know what, anywhere in the world, you go to New York City, it's not really the cost of your commercial building. It's usually the cost of the land that costs you so much. So even in the 1.4 thing, I have 1 million of that has to be, or 900,000 of that has to be the cost of the land. Wow. So say an earthquake comes in and it just destroys everything and, you know, uh, there's nothing left. Well, I still own that piece of the land. It can't go anywhere. And that's the real cost, not actually the infrastructure. All right. So that's the, that's the number one thing you can think of when, when it comes to, oh, God, what happens if this happens? I mean, is there anything else you, you can imagine that could come in and take this away from me? I don't really know. I don't think so. You yeah, know, you, you probably have to, you probably keep insurance a little bit on the building too, don't you? Actually, I don't. So I believe in this concept of uh, self-insuring okay. and um, every, everything is self-insured. Everything in my life is self-insured uh, all the way from uh, healthcare to, you know, I don't have, you know, whole um, life insurance. I, I don't think we need that in my family. You know, then and we can dig into that if you guys like, but it's all self-insured. Interesting. So yeah, let's let's dig into that a little bit because that's that's not something that that we typically so hear. The, the concept is the concept is pretty simple. You know, you pay every every uh, you pay insurance company a certain amount for every month for every little insurance policy you have, and you know, God forbid something happens, they give you a lump sum, right? Well, yep. you know, the way I look at it is they're in the business to make money. Why can't I pay a little bit of, you know, insurance premium to myself? And if something happens, um, you know, I'd pay for it. Now, if nothing happens for five, ten years, I'd already have the money, you know, that's been saved up. But if something does happen and say it's my first year into, you know, saving my premiums, um, I would just pay out of my pocket. And in the next five, ten years, I'll, I'll catch up, which is exactly what insurance companies do. Uh, I'm not. I'm not really excited about making them money. Um, you know, when when I know I can totally afford to do it. Now, if you're a typical um, average um, person, if you will, you make sixty grand a year and you spend forty a year. You cannot do that because yeah. you know, and a hundred thousand dollar expense can come in without insurance. You're trained to do it. I, on the flip side, I can I can afford to pay you know, $100,000 today. Now, granted, I don't have the cash ready right now, but, you know, think of it this way. I'm saving, let's say, 20 grand a year. And three years later, if I have to pay 200,000, I don't think that's a bad idea. I'll pay 200, my net worth will go down, and I'll continue to save, you know, 20, 30,000 a year. And that, that means, you know, all my things. I, I, don't, I don't believe in the concept of, of insurance for me personally, like I said, you know, people should have it. A lot of times it does make sense. But when I uh, buy anything or any type of insurance you can imagine, um, I, don't, I don't believe in that for myself. Interesting. What if you had, let me ask you this, what if you had something catastrophic and it cost you several million dollars? Would that like change what? your mind we don't on have it? That, we don't have that in my country. If I did move to U.S. or one of the first world countries, I would get, um, you know, umbrella policies and insurances that would cover those things because medical expenses can get into that range of 
billions of dollars in U.S. Uh, best healthcare in the country here. Uh, I mean, talk about big things like a stroke or uh, organ transplant. These things can cost more than twenty, thirty, forty thousand in my country. Uh, we're talking about a country that's known for uh, what's called medical tourism. Companies in all over the world are bringing in patients from U.S., Australia, New Zealand, Europe to have them treated here in India, just because it's so inexpensive to. Uh, you know, treat patients here as opposed to the first world countries. Um, to answer your question, I think I would have appropriate insurance if I was living in a first world country, just because I know the risk there are, are so much higher. So over, like in US, um, you know, anybody can sue anyone for anything. We know <laughs> this phrase, uh, uh, you know, we, we know that's true. You can literally sue somebody for being so tall. We don't have that in this country. Actually, we don't have that in a lot of countries. So no, um, I'm, I, I, there isn't anything that can happen that can cost me millions. And uh, if I was in US, I think I would have appropriate uh, insurance. I see, that's interesting. Well, well, thanks for explaining that to us. So you're, uh, you're 30, your net worth is 1.5. How have you been able to do it and how have you been able to build it so quickly? Is, it sounds like most of it's been through your company. Um, yeah, it's it's the the constant uh, you know income that I get every month for for a very long period of time does help. Now there's there's probably three hundred and fifty three hundred thousand of that um, that came in as an appreciation of um, this real estate um, I bought. You know, there's there's a lot of things that goes into it. One of them is actually, you know, staying focused. I think. If you just keep doing what you're doing every single day, um, which becomes extremely boring, if, if you ask me, um, it's not that hard. Now, I was um, I was I was listening to some podcast where Mark Cuban was asked, you know, how much of this is luck? Uh, you're a billionaire, and he goes, well, you know, it is luck. It some of it is luck, uh, but if I didn't have anything left and I had to start all over again. I can guarantee you I'll be a multimillionaire, you know, pretty easily. And I feel the same way. If I had to start all, all over again, I don't think I could not redo it. So getting to a few millions, um, you know, it, it's, just, it's just hard work. It's just hard work and, you know, just working smart and just, you know, staying um, under the radar, just staying frugal. Uh, I think all of that adds up. So I'll, I'll tell you how frugal I was. When I was driving down to the closing of this, you know, real estate, the biggest deal I've done in my life, uh, my car broke down. I couldn't make it on time because I was driving this $1,500. My friends used to call it coffin on wheels. Wow. <laughs> um, and here I am driving down to, you know, buy real estate for like 700 some thousand dollars and and my car wouldn't run anymore because it has like hundred thousand miles on it and i bought it used and i had to literally dump that thing on the side of the road call a cab and you know make it a, it was like now you know i bought a new car next day which was again ten thousand dollars but i'm just i'm just saying like at that stage of the life uh, i see people spending money on cars and everything else they can get their hands on um, I mean, another example, I have probably taken more than 200 international flights 
And to this day, I haven't sat in a business or a first class. Now, I, I sat in a business class once, and there was a free upgrade, and there was a domestic flight. But um, I'm, I'm going economy all day, every day. It can be a vacation, uh, a personal trip for, you know, friends and family, or it can be a work trip. So, you know, to sum up your question, um, the key is being consistent, continue to do what you're doing that, may, that makes you money, stay frugal, and uh, continue to invest. I'd say that's really the key that worked for me. Awesome. So that that's, that kind of leads into my next question. How do you compare to to some of your you know friends and 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 colleagues there in in your there's country? No compa- there's no comparison. Um, in in my high, when I when I, uh, I, I so you know the schooling system here is a little different. I said high school to make it easy for the U.S. listeners, but you know we have this thing called classes all the way from first to 12, just like you have grades. So when I passed 10th class, we had uh, 39 kids in my class, and um, 38 of them are still, you know, I wouldn't say they are even close to how well I'm doing if it wasn't for their, you know, inherited money. Now, I have friends from school who actually are multimillionaires, but it's truly just, you know, hand over to them because the parents passed away or something. So yeah, this is a little bit of unusual story, but I, um, I, I honestly, I honest to God feel I am way behind on my goals and targets where I want it to be. And, and that's my fault. And I, I take the responsibility and I've made changes in my life to overcome that. But if you ask me when I was 20, where do you think you'll be when you're 30? I'd, and and somebody told me you'd have this, you know, 1.6 million and you'd still be working 16 hours a day. I would laugh at your face and, you know, make fun of you for, for, for thinking I'd do so terrible in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's, 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 and, and people think it's, it's such a douchey answer, right? You're such a douchebag. Like, Oh, you've done so well. Now you think like, I'm no, like if, if I wasn't, if I don't talk to anyone and I talk, I'm talking to myself, I genuinely feel that way. I honestly feel that way that I didn't do right. And, and there's reasons and there's things I didn't do right. Um, but, you know, I don't want to just keep pounding the past. I believe in just working hard and changing it. So that's, that's what I'm focused on. Awesome. So when, when are you buying your next property? Um, the goal here is I'm going to buy something similar, but this time it's a little more aggressive by getting a much bigger loan um, in the next uh, six months to one year. Um, the plan is to come up with roughly $300,000 uh, of down payment and get a loan anywhere around 700 800 you know, depending upon how how the deal is structured, or if I find it at a million and nine hundred or one point one, so it should, it it will be in the range of nine hundred to one point three million, and um, you know, hoping to buy it in the next six months to one year in a very sim uh, well not similar. It's actually in the same neighborhood. I'm already looking at properties in the exact same area, uh, just because it's a lot easier to manage that way. Gotcha. Let me follow up on uh, your on your last comment that you feel like you maybe should be farther along than you are, or you know you maybe made sure. some mistakes. What are some of those mistakes, or what do you, what's kind of the advice you give to some of our listeners that they could do better? 
You know, this is um, now I, good for me. I had a lot of things that work, you know, that helped me tremendously. For example, I didn't drink um, at all until recently. I, I started drinking like beer and, and wine a couple of years ago. So till the age of 27, 28, I didn't have a sip in my life. I don't smoke. I've never tried smoking. Um, I don't party. I don't have friends that party. So all these things were always in my favor. Um, one of the biggest mistakes I made um, is I got in that comfort zone that I'm I'm gonna do great. And you know, you could you could. I, it's very hard to imagine. Well, how can that change anything? The way it changed everything was I always have this consistent income coming from my rent. You know, and living in the third world country doesn't cost you much. Um, you know, I, I tell my friends in America and these foreign countries, like you go to McDonald's, get a meal and it's 50 cents to a dollar sometimes, you know, so it's, it's that inexpensive. Now, when you have, you know, this income coming in that, you know, nobody can take away from you and you have really low cost of living, you, I started thinking I'm going to be okay. And that translated into me not working hard, me not, you know, keeping up with how I was when I was 19, 20, 21, 23. So I think that whole mindset took three, four years away from me. Uh, and that I think is one of my biggest mistakes in the 20s that I made. Uh, I, I think I should have expanded and continue to um, work harder and just grow. Uh, rather than saying, well, you know, life is good. And and I, I regret it every single day. But um, I've I've noticed a pattern shift in the last year and a half that um, I'm, I'm working a lot more. I'm, I'm looking at, you know, things in a different way. Um, I, I, I mean, I guess it's got a lot to do with me becoming a father. Um, I have a I have a son who's about 20 months old now. So since his birth, I think I've, I've reshifted my focus back to where it should have been. Well, you're still pretty young. You got several, you got a lot of years ahead of you, right? Um, uh, yeah, you know, sure. I, in some things I feel I'm still a baby, but then in, like I said, in few things, I feel, um, this is, this is not a way of doing it. If I could, if I could, okay, so to answer your question is, if I could go back to where I was being 18, 20, and literally have no money and, you know, be on your own, my first job, I made uh, $90 a month, $90 a month. Um, and this is a full-time job. It's, it's 45 hours a week, you know. If I could go back and take that, I would take it in a second. I think I would come back far ahead of where I am right now. That's how I look at it. Wow. So what do you have a target net worth or a target cash flow a month or what are your financial goals? So, you know, there's, there's long-term and there's short-term, right? Now, long-term goals um, we'll get into in a minute, but short-term, you know, month-on-month basis, there's not much I can do to change my income from real estate, right? It's, it's passive. The rents are not going to go up dramatically. The rents are not going to change every month. Um, I have a fixed income coming in and I know it's going to grow at like five to 7% a year. And I'm, I'm very happy and comfortable with that. Now, when it comes to my own business, 
that's where I think I have a lot of controls. I can, uh, I can change that. I can improve that. And one of the biggest things I'm doing now to improve that is keeping track of numbers very, very closely. I wasn't doing that, but, uh, I have, uh, I have a way now where I get a weekly spreadsheet of, uh, you know, how much are we achieving this month based on first week, second week, and third week? How much are we achieving this year? And uh, those things do, um, you know, those things can improve. So right now I'm in the range of about $10,000 a month outside of real estate. And I think um, within a year it should double, if not more. And that's a very, very realistic goal. Uh, considering all it takes is just, you know, more work and not some strike of magic. You know, you need magic and luck when you want to be like, oh, I made this app and I sold it for $30 million. Well, you know, there is a little bit of luck. But if you just want to make 10, 20, 50 grand a month, that's just like going out and hustling and coming back with, you know, um, money for your family. It's that, That's how at least I look at it. What about the long term? Okay, so long term, you know, you get into well, where where do you want to stop, right? Well, what's the what's the point of it? Uh, you know, do you do you when is it enough? Um, I I think um, I don't have a number in my head. Oh, if I have hundred million dollars, I'm I'm gonna be okay, and I'm gonna start traveling the world. I think at this stage of my life, it's too early for me to think in those terms. I'm probably just interested for the next 10 years to just keep adding as much as I can to my real estate portfolio and see where I end up. Now, you know, we, we as human beings, we change a lot. Uh, you know, five years ago, the way I thought was completely different the way I'm thinking now. So if in five, 10 years, things change and I, I feel, you know, I want to find like purpose of my lives and things of that nature, maybe I'll, I'll, you know, shift gears. But right now my long-term goals are, um, make money by the end of state, you know, keep repeating. Awesome. I don't have a number in mind. I don't know where I'm going to end up. I hope it's a big number. I think it's going to be a big number. I just cannot, uh, tell you what it's going to be. Correct. Gotcha. Do you have any books that you recommend that you like? I do. Um, one of my all-time favorites is The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Um, I don't know if you've heard it uh, or read it. Um, it's called The Entrepreneur's uh, Myth. This was um, a book that literally taught me what was wrong in my business. Why, was, why do I have all these problems every day when I go to office, you know? And that's, there's, there's a long list of books that I have, but this is like the all-time favorites. I would uh, highly recommend it. Awesome. Do you have any uh, last advice, last words for our listeners? Um, yeah, I do. I, I think a lot of uh, people underestimate the power of hard work. Uh, you know, people are going to argue, well, you know, you got to work smart, obviously, right? That's common sense. I'm not going to think that I can delicate. I'm not going to not work smart. But I think working hard goes a long way. Work ethics is very, very important. Um, if you do that, um, just the game becomes a lot easier. People think you have to be very smart. People think you have to be, 
you know, inventing stuff and you have to be a good uh, athlete or, you know, ability to create great music. I don't think you need any of that. I think you can be an average Joe. Uh, by the way, you know, I think we, we totally skipped that. I dropped out of high school. I just didn't think it was for me. So the point is, the, the value of hard work goes a long way. You know, just don't underestimate that. Just keep working hard 20 hours a day and, uh, you know, you can make it. Anybody can make it. Awesome. Thanks, Mo. Got a net worth around 1.5, 1.6, primarily in real estate. Appreciate you having me on the show today. Thank you so much, guys. Honored to Thank be you, here. Mo. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Millionaire's Unveiled podcast with Clark Sheffield and Chase Mattinson. For more stories, investment opportunities, and information, check out our website at millionairesunveiled.com. See you next time when you'll hear from another everyday millionaire.